We are a community that loves like Jesus. And today, my hope and my prayer is that this would be a transformative space for you. Not just today, but every time you tune in. We have been talking about the stories of the Bible that bring out the redemptive qualities of God. Our series is called The Best Stories Ever, looking at each story and trying to find different principles and applications for our lives. Then looking at the redemptive nature of each story as well. So today's sermon is called, It's Never Too Late to Show Up. Today we're talking about loyalty. And actually we're talking about loyalty in two different aspects. Loyalty to yourself and also loyalty to others. I'm going to come under the assumption that our filter is first loyalty to God. And I thought this would be a good way to start out the new year 2021. There are so many things in our society that distract us and can pull us away from loyalty and that which we are to be loyal to. The pressure of society is overwhelming. The pressure of society, especially right now, and maybe you've experienced this in 2020, is literally exhausting. And without goals and without a vision, possibly, we get distracted very easily. And unfortunately, we live in a very busy culture where busyness is sometimes a threat and busyness can act as the enemy to conviction and the enemy to family and the enemy to ourselves and our health and so many things. The distractions can pull us away of what we are to be loyal to and what we're called to be loyal to. People need to be loyal to themselves and the convictions and to the convictions that they have. Unless, now let me give you this caveat, unless those convictions are misguided, everyone can grow, everyone needs to grow, and everyone can change, I believe, and the convictions that we have might be misguided and need to be corrected, and that's okay. But we need to be loyal to convictions, convictions that are based on biblical principles and the love of Jesus. But also people, and in that, need to be loyal to others, relationships, friendships, spouses and significant others, family, uh, our parents, but also loyal to the conviction of people and how God created them and who they are. And I think we've learned a lot about that in the last season of our culture. Loyalty is a quality that is desired. Loyalty is a quality that people hunger for. Loyalty is a defining quality of the human spirit, of the heart. Because where there is loyalty, there is so much potential. There's so much love that can be had. There's so much community that can be built. And so with a simple search on the internet, you'll find that the world seeks, honors, and thrives on loyalty. What a concept, right? If we stay in community, great things happen. But if we run apart in isolation, disaster has the potential of happening because we are alone. Three strings bound together is stronger right, than one. Yet it's very difficult right now with COVID. We are isolated. We are separate in community. And we need to figure out how to be together, not necessarily face-to-face, but together in different ways that we can show loyalty and love to one another. So never underestimate the power of loyalty in your life. If you have convictions, stay loyal to those convictions and always be willing to grow. 
If you live your life in a loyal way, then you will attract others that have the same value. If you're disloyal, then you will attract others that also have that same value. So what kind of life do you really want to live? Do you want to live a loyal life, loyal to yourself and to convictions, to God and to others? Or do you want to live a disloyal life? We're going to learn a little bit about disloyalty. We're going to learn a lot about loyalty and what it can mean for your life. In Matthew 12, it says this, because Jesus knew what they were thinking, he replied, every kingdom involved in civil war becomes a wasteland. Every city or house torn apart by divisions will collapse. If Satan throws out Satan, he is at war with himself. How then can a kingdom endure? So wherever there is disloyalty in our lives, according to scripture, there is the potential of ruin. Where there's disloyalty, there's disunity. So the first story in the story of Ruth, just a little backdrop. In this story, a person by the name of Naomi marries Elimelech and has two children, their sons, and they marry. And one is married to Ruth. Both sons die, and they are told to go back to Moab. Ruth stays with Naomi. Eventually, she remarries Boaz. They have a child named Obed, who has a child named Jesse. And Jesse has a child named King David. Ruth is the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And here's a little scripture of the story. Ruth 1, starting in verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me. And more so, if even death separates you from me, from you. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. That is just an incredible scene in the Bible about loyalty. Ultimately, loyalty leads to redemption. And this whole story has a redemptive conclusion. Think about what we've learned a little bit um, in Scripture and different sermons and such about King Saul in the Old Testament. Because loyalty was not a part of his makeup, then the kingdom was divided. He was disloyal to his soldiers. He was disloyal to God. He was disloyal to everyone around him and his friends and, his, and certainly his confidants and such. Therefore, his life was divided. So you must remember that loyalty in your makeup your house will stand. If you stitch loyalty in your heart, your friendships and community will be strong and will stand together. So here's a couple of things about loyalty. I just kind of gave it away right there that loyalty needs to be written in our hearts. And the next character of loyalty that I want to give is, is Daniel. And this is the main story that we're going to focus on today. In Daniel 3, starting in verse 4, all the way to seven, it says this, and this is an incredible story about loyalty to God and loyalty to the friendships that are standing in the fire right next to these people. The herald proclaimed loudly, peoples, nations, and languages, this is what you must do. When you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument, 
you must bow down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who will not bow down and worship will be immediately thrown into the furnace of flaming fire. So because of this order, as soon as they heard the sound of the hornpipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument, all the peoples, nations, and languages bowed down and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So first, there is a reckless abandonment of God because the people had lost the reference point. And when distraction happens, chaos or fear, when that call is made, do you have a reference point? Do you know who and what to stay loyal to? Because you're, you're going to be asked one day to go a different direction. You're going to be asked and called to a certain point in your life. And do we have a reference point? So for example, at work you might be asked to do something way back in the day, years and years and years ago. I was asked to cheat on some books, an accounting transaction to make sure that the CEO of a company got an extra bonus for that quarter. I knew it was wrong then. I didn't want to do it. And he kept asking me to do it over and over and over again. And I knew that I was being called to something that I didn't agree with. I was being called to something that was cheating to give him an extra bonus, right? And so I didn't do it. I actually blew the whistle. I was the whistleblower in that case. And I sent the corporate offices a letter telling them what I was asked to do. And then I wrote a resignation letter and I quit that job. It was not worth working for somebody that was asking me to cheat. So that's a simple example. But yet in a lot of life, it's kind of like that. We're asked to do things to lie. We're asked to do things and cheat. We're asked to do things that go against our convictions that God has given us that we know is true, that's buried deep in our hearts, one day we will all be asked to go a different direction. Do we have a reference point? Well, Shadrach, in this story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't worship the statue. They had predetermined convictions that they were not willing to compromise on. The word of God had become a moral compass in their life. And obviously, even though they were young, they had been taught at an even younger age the, the truths of the Bible. And those were ingrained in them like a fabric of their character. They knew Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. You shouldn't have any gods before me. You shouldn't make yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or the waters below. You shouldn't bow down to them or worship them in any way. And so they had, I'm, I'm sure, a couple of questions about what was happening and why they were being asked, and they were not going to waver on their conviction. So are you loyal to your convictions? Do they matter? And when the, news, the next news cycle or the opinions come out and they come your way, do you feel convicted to stand your ground? And if so, why? And if not, why? We need to ask these questions. Because also being true to ourselves and our convictions and loyal to ourselves, we would be willing when the conflicts come, our first responsibility written on our hearts is, of course, to love and also to, to grow in our understanding and our knowledge. 
So when we are convicted or we're struck with something that seems different than what we normally believe, is love our filter? That's our first conviction, always. When we're faced with a question or we're faced with a duty or we're faced with a, with a task in our lives, is our conviction to love people first? That's number one. And then if, if I need to modify or I need to change my conviction because it doesn't line up to love, then I need to work on my growth. Well, Daniel 3, 16, all the way to 18, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer your question. If our God, the one we serve, is able to rescue us from the, from the furnace of flaming fire and from your power, your majesty, then let him rescue us. But if he doesn't know this for certain, your majesty, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. So in order to know loyalty, we must first search our hearts. We must begin to recognize loyalty in us. In order to recognize loyalty in ourselves, we need to recognize other people's loyalty and be, been given be, and have examples of loyalty in our life. And in order, to, in order to see great things accomplished, we need to be people of loyalty and have examples of loyalty and grow in our loyalty and have a community of loyalty. So loyalty is self-sacrifice. Disloyalty is self-serving. Loyalty basically uh, lays down like the, the, the have-tos and the should contracts and all this. And loyalty loves first. And loyalty is always, always seen through the filter of love. Disloyalty is seen a lot of times through this filter of, of hate. And disloyalty is through the filter of self-service. We can never be there. We need to be on the, the, the self-sacrifice camp of life. Proverbs 3, starting in verse 3, it says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your hearts. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So the charge in this sermon is to search our hearts and, and search God's heart to know what's right ahead of time. Know your convictions. Know where your loyalty stands, your reference points in life. And when the questions come and the decisions that need to be made are, are, are questioned in your life and you're pressured to make decisions in your life, those things of conviction will be written in our hearts first. We will know the difference between right and wrong. And that's awfully compelling I mean, loyalty is not only written on our hearts, but when somebody's acting out in loyalty and that's a consistent pattern in their life that they're loyal to God and the people around them in love, loyalty is very attractive. And Proverbs 19.22 says this. It says, loyalty makes a person attractive. It's better to be poor than dishonest. And so the opposite of loyalty basically is looking for the next right thing, or the next thing, the next thing that feels good, and the next thing that's going to give the, the one up, or the, or the thrill, or whatever. It's the next thing, right, where you're looking always for that next opportunity. And there's a term for that, and it's called opportunism. And opportunism is when you jump at the next opportunity and disregard God and the people around you. 
you actually will step on them to get to that next opportunity just because it's a little bit better. Well, opportunism is never attractive. Daniel 3, starting in verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar went near the opening of the furnace of the flaming fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Okay. The chief administrators, ministers, governors, and the king's associate crowded around them to look at them. The fire hadn't done anything to them. Their hair wasn't singed. Their garments looked the same as before. They didn't even smell like fire. And Nebuchadnezzar praises God. He declares, may the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be praised. He sent his messengers to rescue his servants who trusted him. They ignored the king's order, sacrificed their body because they wouldn't serve or worship any God but their God. I now issue a decree to every people, nation, and language. Whoever speaks disrespectfully about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God will be torn limb from limb and their house be made a trash heap because there is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prosperous in the province of Babylon. Well, one idea here that's very compelling is loyalty not only is conviction that's written on our heart and loyalty is very attractive, but loyalty leads somewhere. It leads to progress. It leads to community building. It leads to building others up. It leads to equitable treatment. It leads to equality. It leads to reconciliation and trust and strong families and children. And it leads to redemption. So you can find a person that will agree with anything you say. You can look for that belly rubbing, back slapping person in your life that's just going to co-sign your crap. That's not the person that you need to necessarily always be around, and that's not the person that you need to be. Our loyalty needs to be aligned to God's purposes. So where are your loyalties? Do you have loyalty to God? That's our assumption. But are your convictions written on your heart? Does your loyalty see through the filter of love first? Because that is true loyalty. Is your loyalty a consistent pattern in your life that's attractive? And is loyalty making progress in your life with your relationships and the people around you? In John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So the center of loyalty, again, is love. And if you know that your friend is broken and you allow them to break, that's not love. And if you just ignore it, that's called apathy. So it's time to show up in people's lives, to love them enough to stand with them in the fiery furnace that they're going through, to, to stand with them in this 2020 year, no matter what anyone's going through. And, and honestly, no matter what they went through, Jesus did this. He stood with us. And we need to stand with those in conviction, Loyal, even though somebody might be pointing us a different direction in a different reference point, our convictions need to be pointed towards Jesus and the love of Christ. And Jesus saw our brokenness. He loved us even though we were broken. And he stood with us even in the flames of fire. 
And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is what makes this story the best story ever. Let's take communion in light of that. When I think about Jesus sitting around the table, these were his friends. He was loyal to them. He loved them deeply. And he said, this is my body given to you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Remember, every time you eat this, I was your friend. I stood with you in love, and I wasn't going to back down. I would stand with you no matter what, he said. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my, my blood given to you. This is the new covenant which is in my blood. This is the new story. This is the new deal. This is the new life that you can have through Jesus. And this is the new covenant, he calls it, the new relationship. This is my blood. This is my loyalty, he says. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to love you no matter what. And he loved us in such a way. And so when we take communion, we say thanks be to God. Because he was so loyal to us that he went to a cross and he died. He was put into a tomb. He was resurrected as promised. And he said he would come again. And he will as promised. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the love that you show, Lord, through Jesus. Lord, the loyalty that you show through Jesus. That Jesus stands with us no matter what. And stands with us in the flames of the fiery furnace. Lord, there's many people who have struggled in the year 2020. Lord, and I will not negate that struggle. Lord, as even though I look for the blessing and I look for the hope and I look for the joy, Lord, I also have seen a lot of, of death reported. Lord, I've seen a lot of hurt and loss and a lot of pain. And so, Lord, as we cross over in one year from 2020 to 2021, Lord, I pray for those that have been devastated and hurt and experienced lots of loss. And I pray for hope in their lives and joy. And Lord, as we cross into 2021, I pray for a stronger conviction. I pray for a stronger conviction of what is truly right what is truly love, what is truly hope. Lord, that we can stand with our friends and love them in powerful ways. Lord, that we can stand with the people around us and love them in meaningful, meaningful, purposeful ways. Lord, help us this year just continue to become a church that loves intentionally. Lord, because Jesus, you loved us. Lord, help us to love others. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.